0: You're listening to the Direction for Life podcast. We pray this episode blesses you. We'd love to connect with you. Visit us at rdci.info or on Facebook at Right Direction Church International. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the RDCI. We hope you enjoy this broadcast.
1: Remain standing as I read our foundational scripture coming from Matthew. The fourth chapter starting at verse 18, Matthew 4 starting at verse 18, and it reads, And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men they immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets. He called them and immediately they left the boat and their father, I hadn't really saw that part before, the boat and their father, and followed him god bless your word today you may be seated so today july sixteenth, 2023 we are standing and worshiping and running some of my regular runners didn't run this morning i think you don't already measured how far this is said, nah, I don't think I'm going to be running quite as much. But we are worshiping here today in a newly freshly built $17 million sanctuary. But I want you to hear this next part, because God interrupted my life with his call. I can't help but recall, but recall that in August of 1995, I came to Columbia, South Carolina, landed in the airport in a town that I knew at the time as Case. Since being here now, I know it's called Casey, but I came to Case. And I came to work for, I came here to interview for a job with Cigna Casualty Insurance insurance company as a claim manager, workers' comp claim manager. I'm here downtown on the night bef- at a, what is now the Marriott Hotel, I believe it's called the Adams Mark at that time, and I'm praying about the job interview. Should I come here, uh, if they offer me how much money should I try to negotiate? The Lord told me exactly how much money they were going to offer me and said, take the job But he spoke to me that night before he even had the interview and said, I'm bringing you here not for this job. I'm bringing you here to start a church. And I told the Lord, wait, oh, 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 no, 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 no. That's not the plan. First of all, I don't know nothing about Case (laughs) nor South Carolina. And so I've done enough research to know to plot my career path. My next job, uh, Bishop Haskell, would have been in the home office in Philadelphia. And so I figured I'd come here, play my cards right, my next job I'll be promoted to be a claim superintendent at the home office in Philadelphia. I had picked out a nice town in South Jersey, and I would start Right Direction Church It's in South Jersey. That was my plan. And the Lord spoke to me that day and said, no, I'm bringing you here to start Right Direction Church here. And I told the Lord I was scared of the South. Didn't know anybody here. Only thing I knew about the South, maybe you heard this before, but some of you are hearing it for the first time. Only thing I knew about the South is what I see on television. Roots, Mississippi burning. <laughs> and things didn't look too good in the South for people who look like me. And I told the Lord, nay, Lord, I've never lived in anywhere common or unclean. The Lord said no, and and I heard what he told me, and he said, but wear this job like a loose garment. He said, when I tell you to take it off, take it off. About a year later, the Lord dealing with me to take it off. We started a church, started our Bible study in our home in January 1996. Had our first service in April of 1996 with ten people, six of them named was Bailey, and we were off and running. But that is a story of God interrupting my plan. And so the subject I want to speak from today, and I told the Lord, this is not the kind of message you preach on the first Sunday in a new church. I I, I expected a message like joy cometh in the morning. Okay. Or slap your neighbor and tell him we're here now. (laughs) I expected that kind of message, you know what I'm saying? And I told the Lord all week, I said, this ain't the kind of message. I told Pastor Marshall last night, I said, this ain't... But the Lord told me to speak to you this morning from the subject, the interruption of the call. The interruption of the call. One of the greatest singers who ever lived, Nat King Cole, (laughs) had a song that it started off saying, I was walking along minding my business. And then you came along, boom, bang, alakazam. And that's how many times God deals with us. We are going along with our plan, with our degree, with our relationships, with our careers, with our endeavors, with our strategy. And God interrupts our life with the call. And unless you had a prearranged call time, like those of us of a certain age, how we used to date, where would Pastor to go? But some of, us, some of us, we dated and we were going together before we had cell phones. Okay, nobody remember that? And so when you dated and you were going with somebody before you had cell phone, you arrange when you call them. I'm going to be calling you at 3 o'clock. And if you was really in love, you sat there and looked at the phone. <laughs> and if the phone rang, you were somewhere else in the house, you would, you would tell your family, that, that's for me! And you pick up the phone because you had a prearranged call. But unfortunately, y'all, God doesn't give us prearranged calls. The call of God, I want to say often, but I had to write down, always interrupts. The call of God always interrupts. It interrupts what you were doing, it interrupts where you're going, it interrupts where you're living. was my planning on living in South Carolina? I did not know that this would be the land that floweth with milk and honey, I did not know this would be my Jehovah Jireh, the place where my provision would be seen, because none of that was in my plan. It interrupts how you are living, oh some of y'all don't know anything about that. That you're making one salary and God says go do this and you're not making the money you used to make. He tells you to quit that job and start with from nothing and he interrupts your salary your economic status it interrupts relationships that you may have we saw that in the text that when when the disciples left and followed Jesus they left their father it interrupts relationship and the problem is that we don't really like interruptions come on nobody likes interruptions okay Uh, my wife Jenny gets up earlier than me, and she makes a lot of noise when she get up. (laughs) She drops stuff, (laughs) and I'm like, oh, Jesus, Lord, God. It interrupts my sleep. Nobody likes interruptions. Interruptions cause disruptions. Interruptions is a stoppage or a hindering of an activity for a time. It's something that causes a stoppage or break in the continuity of things. I was going along, y- y'all ever y'all been on, on your way somewhere and you, 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 you knew what time you had to be there and everything was going fine and then a train comes and interrupts the flow. Or an accident from one of our wonderful South Carolina drivers who get in accidents every time it rains, interrupts your plans. Interruptions cause disruptions and disruptions is a byproduct of the interruption. And most of us, we want to plan, we want to organize, we want to strategize, we want to anticipate, and then we want to celebrate what we've accomplished through our, organiz- through our organizing, through our strategizers, through our anticipating but the call of god messes all of that up in our text which i want to give you another version of from luke the same but the same story with a few more details luke picks up what is recorded in matthew 4:18 through 22 luke picks it up in matthew 5 in luke 5, 1 through 11, he says, and so it was as the, as the multitude pressed to hear Jesus preach, he stood by the lake of Genesaret, and he saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone from the boat, and they were washing their nets. Now, y'all, this means that this is early in the morning, because they would fish at night before the sun would come up. So early in the morning is dawn and people are out jesus is out and jesus sees these boats and and but no one's in the boat the fishermen are washing their nets getting the seaweed out and then he got into one of the boats Y'all know today he gets shot just by jumping in somebody's boat. You didn't get invited. He jumped in one of the boats, which happened to be Simon's. And he asked Simon, who we know later as Peter, that to go out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught them from the boat. He used Peter's boat as a platform and as a pulpit. And when he stopped speaking or preaching, now he says to Simon, watch this. Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. You've done something for me. I want to do something for you. Isn't that just like God? I told you, anytime you sacrifice, he wants to bless you. You you let me use your boat. I want to do something for you. Launch out and let down your nets. And Peter answered and said, Master, we have toiled. We've been working. We've been grinding all night long and we caught nothing, I know that this is a bad day for fishing and the sun is out now. And he says launch out into the deep, Uh, but he says, nevertheless, at your word, God, I will humor you. At your word, just because you said it, just, I'm just gonna try to be respectful. He said, I will let down the net. What did he tell him to let out? The nets. He let out the net. Can I tell you, partial disobedience is always gonna cause some loss. Jesus said, let out the nets. He said, I'll you you, I'll, I'll let out a net. And when he had done this, he caught this great number of fish, and the net began to break. So he started losing, come on, the reason why he started losing fish because he let out the net instead of letting out nets. He would have gotten more if he had com- been completely obedient. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and the nets were breaking and he signaled to his partner. So you know, said, uh, Peter wasn't just, just, just some just rinky-dink, you know, uh, uh, small business owner here this is a major fishing operation he calls his partners to help him and they fill both boats even with what was lost and the boat began to sink i'm declaring over somebody's life a boat sinking anointing over your life oh come on now he said i will bless you with more than you can receive with 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 more than enough a boat sinking anointing somebody say i receive a boat sinking grace on my life peter sees this great fish this great catch of fish probably more than he had ever seen at a time he had never seen a harvest of fish like he had never even imagined, and he recognizes something supernatural has happened, and he falls down and, and gets convicted and starts repenting, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. And verse 9 says, And he and all that were with him were astonished, shocked. Can I tell you God can bless your life in, in a shocking way? Oh my God. God can bless your way in a way that you say, I never thought this could happen to me. I never thought this could. This could be like this. I never thought my marriage could be like this. I never thought I could live like this I never thought I could drive like this. I never thought I could have this much peace. Come on now God can bless your life in an astonishing way And they who were with them were James and John the sons of Zebedee He was part of Jesus said don't be afraid from now on you're gonna catch men. watch this and so they brought their boats to the land, they forsook all, and they followed him. The first thing he says, follow me and I'll make you. Follow me and I'll make See, a lot of y'all want Jesus to make you something, but you won't follow him. He can only make you great if you're willing to follow him. Come on now. The greatness comes, the harvest comes as a result of following Him. Not your plan, not your agenda. The, the greatness comes, the blessing comes as a result of you allowing Him, watch this, to interrupt your life. Now every now and then I hear about the people who say, you know, I, you know, I was just, well, it, when I was coming along to church they used to always say this here and, and I found that they were lying. They would, say, they would say stuff like I was just living a miserable life of sin and I knew I needed to be saved. Now come on now. Y'all know most of us were not living a miserable life of sin. We may have been living a life of sin, but we wasn't miserable. We was enjoying getting high. You was enjoying partying, or so you thought. You, you were enjoying gratifying your flesh. You didn't realize how miserable you were until you had something else to compare it to or contrast it to. And so, uh, and people say things like, I found the Lord. Can I say, you can't find the Lord because he ain't lost. You're the one who is lost. And so, but, so most people, and you might know, hear about, I came to church to get saved and, and I was sick of sin. Most of us sat in our testimony. Most of us, we got saved and it was an interruption. I just went to the service because somebody invited me. I just I was watching this and I just went to this conference because somebody invited me. I like that preacher. I heard a good singer was gonna be there. And but but the anointing interrupted your life. <laughs> it was an interruption. How much got us got saved through an interruption? I'm, I'm reminded when we were down on River Drive, some of heard me tell a story. I don't know what happened with Chris. Chris probably gone on now because he lived, he was living, you know, Elder Perry, you remember Chris? But there was a guy, Chris used to come around when we were down on River Drive and Chris would come around and, uh, and, uh, uh, and, and he would ask for some food and he, he didn't do, I'll clean up the church for you. And, and I would, and I would, uh, he would clean up and clean around outside because stuff would blow and, uh, and I would give him something to eat or give him a few dollars. One day another pastor who's still here in the city came by, he saw him talking to Chris and he decided that he just really wanted to witness to Chris. And so he ministers to Chris and he witnesses to Chris and he asks Chris if he want to be saved. And Chris says he has this brown paper bag in his hand. Chris had a 40. For those who don't know what a 40 is, you don't need to know. He asked Chris, he said, would you like to be saved, want to be born again? And Chris said, I'm about to drink this 40. And he said, but Jesus died for you, you need to be born again, Jesus wants to make your life better. And Chris said, not, not this Chris. <laughs> Just happened to see Chris here. <laughs> and Chris says, I'm going to eat, I'm, gonna, I'm about to drink this 40. And he kept on, kept on, he wanted an absolute yes. Will you be saved? Do you want me to see Jesus? And he said, yes, but after I get saved, can I drink this 40? <laughs> the truth is, Chris wanted that 40 more than he wanted Jesus, and Jesus was going to interrupt his 40. Look at somebody say, let Jesus interrupt your 40, let Jesus interrupt your 40. The call on the disciples' lives interrupted their life. A call requires you to move. A call requires you to go from there to here and from here to there. Abraham, go to a land that I will show you. And if you go, then I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. You're going to be a blessing. I'll bless those that bless you. I will curse them that curse you. But Abraham, you're going to have to let me interrupt your life. Never ever think about what an interruption it is to an 80-year-old man to get a word, it's time for you to move? Y'all know when folks get 80, you ain't trying to move nowhere. And not only that, he didn't tell them, I want you to move around town, I want you to go to the next town. I want you to move, but you're not going to know where you're moving to. Just get to stepping. That is a major interruption that's going to require faith. And God often has to get our attention before we hear the call. He used, for Moses, he used a burning bush to get his attention. For Gideon, while he's hiding, shifting wheat and hiding the wheat from the Midianites, he uses an angel to come to his hiding place. For Paul, he uses a light shining from heaven and a voice saying, it's hard for you to kick, kick against the prick. I'm Jesus whom you are persecuting. God has to get our attention. And that attention many times is an interruption.
0: If you love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it, we encourage you to become an iChurch member. As an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content, as well as an online community and various small group sessions. To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch connect with us for digital impartation weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for marriage, faith, and family inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash rdcitv. We stream live services on Sundays at 7:30 a.m. and 9 30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for Manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time.